Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblioscapes in Discussion. Today, I've got a very special guest, and it is, in fact, the first international guest on the podcast, and I'm delighted to welcome today Jason Langer. Good morning, Hello. Jason. nice to be here. Likewise, Thank you for inviting me. It's absolutely a pleasure to have you join me all the way from uh, Oregon, over in the west yes. coast of the US. Uh, so for those of you who don't uh, obviously know, of, uh, of Jason. He's uh, based over in the west coast of America. He's been a photographer now for several decades, having worked with some uh, some uh, particularly well-known and renowned photographers, and indeed is a renowned photographer himself. He's had uh, three books published, um, including One Secret City, which we'll be talking about shortly. But before we talk about that, Jason, it'd be great if you could maybe give us a bit of a background to your photographic journey. So I started um, taking photography seriously pretty much right away when I was 12 years old and I was in junior high school. Right. I really felt like it was my calling and the magic of, of seeing a print develop in the developer was really all it took. Yeah. So I had a family friend who was related to the landscape photographer, Michael Kenna, the British landscape photographer. Kenna and I and I wrote to him and I when I was about to graduate high school I said where should I go to make photographs like yours I love your pictures and he said I don't know I'm English I'm I'm pretty new in the states but stay in touch with me so I went to my home state school which was University of Oregon and wrote one postcard to him every year with an image and when the time was, uh, when he was ready to hire someone, he hired me. So I moved down to the Bay Area in California and yep. started as his first assistant. So making contact sheets and dry mounting prints and retouching prints yep. and doing some printing for him. And that turned into being a printer, a darkroom printer for a lot of West Coast photographers, including Arthur Tress, and Margreta Mitchell, and I did some retouching for James Fee and Ruth Bernhard and a lot of these other photographers and eventually made my own work and started working with gallerists and dealers yep. then yep. who started to give me shows and sell my own work. And then the rest is history. I stopped um, printing other people's work and just print my own and have my own uh, exhibitions and books and continue photographing and growing as an individual and as a photographer. So that's where I am now. And, and I've done a lot of teaching over the years. So from yeah. 1999 until 2011, I taught at a university in San Francisco. Thank and you. then I started teaching online students yep. back in 2005. And now I do a lot of teaching through different workshops around the country, like the Santa Fe Photographic Workshop. And I love teaching. Teaching is, uh, is, is a really enlightening experience for myself. It propels my work forward. Yep. And I get the great gratification of seeing students' work blossom over yeah. a period of months and years. So it's very gratifying to teach. Yeah, it must be an incredibly rewarding experience to, to it's see. It's very someone, rewarding. Yeah, to see someone's work develop and progress over a short, medium, and long term as, as they take on board advice and influences and, and 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 move their own work forward. And I suppose that will also feed into your own work and provide motivation and encouragement as well. 
It does. And, and every time I work on a new body of work or I have new experiences as, as a photographer, I distill those down into some lessons. I write them down. I impart them to students. And it helps me solidify my own outlook on the world as a photographer. So, um, and especially when, when those little pieces of wisdom or helpful tips that I have or tools that I've developed yes. actually work for other people too. That's yeah. very gratifying. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Yeah. Must be, yeah, a, a, beaut- a, a really rewarding experience. Yeah. So, so that's, that's kind yeah. of my story. Yeah, it must, uh, and it must have been quite an incredible story, or it is an incredible story, and it must have been quite an incredible experience working for and printing uh, work for some of the names you mentioned. Um, obviously, and I, I, I know many of those names, and I'm a big fan of not just their work but your work as well. And um, as we, as I mentioned, you've obviously got three books published. Um, I. Uh, very fortunately managed to pick up a copy of Secret City uh, over at Christmas, which I know it's very, very difficult to find. Um, I think this was your first book back in 2006, was it? Six, 2006. 2006. Yeah. Yes. And it's, I, I have to, I have to admit, I, I love the, I love the, the body of work that forms this, that it, it really takes me back. I, I, I like, New York and in the big cities and really so much of it resonates and reminds me of my, my journeys and trips there. And, um, it's like, how would you introduce secret city as a body of work? Well, a lot of people would introduce it by saying that it's, it's noir. Yep. So it's usually dusk or nighttime photographs with a protagonist images of, of a person in the city. And, and most of the time, the person is a male figure. But towards the end of the book, it's a female figure. And uh, there's usually a, a nice mix of a kind of romance, sexiness, and, and a bit of danger, a bit of, yes. uh, you know, the characters feeling like they're on the edge of a precipice of something, something um, negative or disturbing happening. I, I tend to see the work in that book as metaphorical for me. Yeah. So the, the figures that are often in the distance are, are metaphorical for aspects of me and my ego. And I see the, and experience the city as a, a metaphor for my mind. So uh, it's also lightness coming out of darkness. There's a lot of black yeah. and a lot of dark shades. And usually there is a a figure or light coming out of darkness. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's also kind of a search for a male figure in okay. my life. My yeah. parents divorced when I was young. There's a bit of a male, uh, a search for a male figure in there. And, and I did absorb a lot of film noir when I was growing up. So I would say the movies that I was watching when I was in high school were equal parts film noir like um like uh the third man right. and and monster movies black and white monster movies like like frankenstein oh right okay there too yeah. so there there is a lot of that influence in that book as well yeah for, for me the the work and I've, I've spent a lot of time looking through it it's got a beautiful cinematic feel to it um in the shapes and and it just 
transports you back to the era of decades gone by. And as you talk about the, some of the films you mentioned, how much does, uh, does, uh, do films and uh, play an influence in what you're in your compositions and also the storytelling and the narrative you're trying to portray in the book? It's hard to explain, but I would say when I'm watching a film, certain scenes seem yep. to pop out as being uh, whole meals within themselves, yes. right? A certain frame. Uh, and that happens often. Lately, I've been watching films on a movie screen at my home and photographing those scenes because they seem to have the complete arc of a story within one frame. Yeah. And that's that's something that I'm very aware of. And when I when I uh, laid out the Secret City book, I tried to lay it out in terms of a, of a form of a classic Greek drama. Okay. So there's like the scene that's being set yeah. and the protagonist and opposing forces and a kind of tension that's being set with maybe that protagonist and another one. And there's eventually what feels like a climax to the story and then a resolution. So, and there's lighting and costumes and, and all of those classic elements of Greek drama are all in there, all within a sense of interpretation. It's not all handed to you, but you get to ask questions the pictures ask questions, there are answers, and you make it up as you view the book. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 was, uh, I was speaking to my wife about it uh, last weekend, and we were both, uh, I let her go through the book, because it's always very interesting to see how she interprets and what she sees in the book relative to what I see, and um, she certainly comes from a far more artistic background than I do, so it's, uh, she's maybe a bit more eloquent in her words and, and what she sees, but for me, it, it really takes you back to scenes and to locations and scenarios where we've all experienced them ourselves in, in so many of in so many of the images. And obviously with COVID and our inability to travel and explore, we've myself and my wife, we found ourselves exploring our own city, our secret city in, in recent months. Is, is the intention with your work to take people on a journey through your secret city? Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the pictures have a sense of yearning and loneliness and melancholy and yep. being a very small figure in a vast space of darkness, you know, and yep. I think that that very much fits with how a lot of us are feeling uh, in quarantine and, you know, isolated from everybody else. So late, lately, I've been trying to photograph the opposite of that. All the photographs in, in Secret City are black and white. Yep. But I've been trying, as we're actually in quarantine, to, to do a little bit of the opposite. Create more joyous type pictures in right. color right. that are a little brighter. Uh, but I would say the Secret City book is very much about darkness, isolation, yearning, yep. romance, wanting, desire, yep. uh, and a little bit of those desires being met, but mostly asking questions and then moving along. Yeah. Yeah, I, th I think what you say really comes across and I can resonate with that having, when I can just think back through some of the images, some of the scenes are just beautiful and yeah, that just conveys exactly the, the impression that I get. And 
I know in the in Michael's foreword, he talks about of your your love for jazz. What what sort of music? What part does music play in your creative process? Is it something you listen to while you're preparing and planning the shots, or is it something that maybe takes over when you're working on the images? I like to say that I photograph as if I were a jazz musician. Right. So yeah. So a jazz musician, <clears throat> you know. From the 1940s and 50s and, and on, they they know the melody of the main song. They play the head of the melody, and yes. then they improvise within that melody, and then they close by repeating the same head and melody again and reminding us what it is, and then they exit. There's a coda. And when I'm photographing, I work exactly the same way. I have an idea in my head of, of what I'm searching for, what I'm looking for, I try to attempt to create that image. I do a lot of improvisation along the way. And yep. oftentimes yep. the best photographs from uh, a photo session are the ones that happened by happenstance on the way to the ones that I wanted. Yes, yeah. And then I try to repeat the same idea again that I came in with, and then I close. And that is usually a fairly short photo session. I'll go out for 45 minutes or an hour, or I'll photograph someone for 45 minutes or an hour. Yep. I don't make it too long. I keep it short and fresh, just like a jazz musician would. Yes. And then exit and hope that you recorded something good, just like a <laughs> jazz musician, you know? So it's very similar. Yeah. Yes. It sounds like a real fascinating approach. Do you play music yourself at all? Or I used to, I, I used to play alto saxophone, but I put it away once our daughter was born. And now that she's 16, she's taken up the horn herself and is starting to play saxophone. Oh, very nice. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a be beautiful instrument. Beautiful. Yeah, it's great. A beautiful sound. And we named our son after Charlie Parker. So his middle name is Bird. Very nice. And uh, yeah. do, does, will he follow with the saxophone as well, hopefully? He's playing flute, actually. Right. Okay. Flute and piccolo. Yep. A nice combination. Something a bit yeah. different, I suppose. Yeah. So obviously, jazz plays a big part, and and the world of film really comes across in in the body of your images. When you were shooting this, it was obviously shot over a number of years. Did you always have an intention of producing a book at the end of it, or was this something that followed afterwards? And were there certain shots that once you decided a book was going to be the path that you went down, that you you went looking for maybe certain images to to complete a sequence or to complete complete the story that you wanted to tell? I always just photograph with what what feels like the right kind of image that I want to create based on my own interest. I yes, really yep. only photograph what I'm interested in, what I'm curious about. Based way. And when I was when I was working with Kenna, and he had ha already had many books published yep. uh, by the time I started working with him, uh, I asked for his advice and he said, work towards having 40 solid images. But that is a, a general amount for, for a solid book. Right. So I would say I worked on that for 10 years. Before, before I sent the work to him uh, when I was no longer working for him, and I said, I think I have 40 images here. What do you think? And he said, yeah, these are good. Let me show them to, uh, to Chris Pickler of Nazareli Press. And Chris called me and said, 
let's make a book. So it was really that, that kind of plan of working for a good long time, photographing what you're interested in, making yeah. sure that they are consistent and working towards a good 40 images. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think the world is different now. I, I, don't, I, don't, think, I don't think that that idea is as strictly held as it once was because we're creating so many more images now than ever before. And our, our idea of what can become a photo book is much wider than it used to be. Yeah, and, and I think the accessibility to people who are publishing or self-publishing their own photo books has probably grown vastly over the, particularly yeah. over the last few years as well. Yes, yeah, people are doing all kinds of books, you know, that are combining color and snapshots and, you know, color, black and white snapshots, drawings, vernacular images, yeah. maps, all kinds of ephemera. It's all being included into photo books. It's sort of like the kitchen sink is all okay yeah. now. Yes. It doesn't anything, have to be as consistent as it used to. Yeah. Anything anything goes effectively and you because there's such because there's such the variety, there's always a space for a niche product or a niche photo book that um, was maybe different 15 years ago. I tend to be more modernist in my in my thinking. I'm not really a postmodernist. Right. And now, now I see a lot of photo books that are like post postmodernism. Sort of, there <laughs> there are so many types of photographs that are all thrown together because we're used to looking at different types of images and taking in content from all different places. Yeah. Yes. Our eyes and ears and fingertips, and we're used to mixing it all up in such a postmodern way that that's what we do now. I tend to not photograph that way. I tend to photograph from a specific viewpoint right. and, okay. and, and try to have them all anchored in the same kind of place yep. so that they all go together. So I'm much more of a modernist in that approach. Okay. So how yeah. did, when it came to sequencing to tell your story, how did, how did you approach this aspect of it? Obviously you talked about working towards your 40 solid images. So if I'm opening up the book now, it's really like my thoughts were setting the scene. The very first picture is this strip club in, in Times Square that I think is still there called the Playpen. Right. And it's, and it's letting you know that there is darkness yes. and alluring uh, eroticism in this book. Yeah. Right. Yes. The next page is telling me that there's a formality to it. Yes. There's a person in a tuxedo, which is a little bit difficult to see in this picture, but the, this waiter is from Café du Monde in New Orleans, and there is a dollar bill in the waiter's pocket, which is easier to see on a photographic print. Right. And then comes the next picture, which is... Uh, a man walking directly into traffic. Yes. And that's this, this image is uh, Central Park South in New York. And that shows you that there's a scene, there's a protagonist, we're going to be following this man, yep. and there's danger involved. And then the next two images, there's a similar kind of idea. And then there is little bits and pieces of the city and people moving along. Yes. And yep. we don't really see people's faces very much. Yeah. So I mean, most of this book, we're able to, to project ourselves onto these figures because there aren't very many 
eyes and faces to associate with. Uh, there are several images where they are inanimate objects, but they appear to be alive. Yeah. So there is a kind of haunting quality about, about statues and uh, pieces of graffiti that appear to be alive. Um, and then there's a, there are female figures that are introduced along with these male figures. Yeah. And um, there's a bit of darkness that we go through and a bit of levity that we go through. There's lots of smoke and atmosphere. Yeah. And eventually we come to these sections that the people are running away or they're walking away. There is, I would say the climax of this book is probably a, a page 45 where the woman and the man meet in an elevator. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they meet and hug and kiss. And then immediately the next figure is a lone figure again. So, yeah. which tells us that it doesn't last long. Yeah. It's very, it's ephemeral. And in pages 48 and 49, there is a woman in bed and it looks like she had just met with her partner and the man is walking away. Wait, yeah. And then the last picture, one of the last pictures is the cover of the book, which is Moonrise Over Montmartre. And it's a crescent moon with a lamppost. And just as I was going to take the picture, a figure walked into the, into the one lit window on, in this building. And I happened to snap the picture just at that time. Perfect timing. And there's a close-up of a woman's body and of a close-up of a woman's face as she's looking in the mirror yeah. on page 56. Yeah. And then it looks as if she's getting ready to go out and she goes out again. And then there's a lone male figure again. So there is, you know, setting a scene, introducing the characters. Yes. There's, you know, conflict and, you know, darkness and feeling out of sorts and feeling a little scared. And then there's a meeting of these two figures. And then there's a, a resolution where they separate again. Yes. Yeah. And we're left where we started. Yep. Back. That's that's the flow of the book, more or yep. less. Yeah. No, it's 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 wonderful to, it's wonderful to to listen to you talk about it because it as we we're talk as we we're speaking beforehand, you can read so much about a book on an into on the website and through forwards of any book, but to hear to hear the person who whose work it is talk about the story from their perspective, the story that the, the perspective that's been shot through, that's been created through, it gives a whole different insight and a whole different meaning to because now every time I go and look through your book, I will be reminded very much more of the characters and the, the details and the, and the story that uh, the story that you're trying to portray as well, as well as creating my own story when when I see aspects of the images that I can relate to. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's really nice, and in terms of the, they really are each each image for me as well. Also has its own story behind it. So are there maybe three or four personal favourites in the book of the images in, from from your perspective? So yeah, there's the the image called Central Park South, where the man is walking into traffic. Yes, and that was me going to the Central Park Hotel 
right. in New York because I had heard that there were beautiful antique telephones in their lobby. Right. And I photographed the antique telephones, which were no big deal. Yeah. But all of a sudden, this man rushes out of the lobby in a hurry and goes past the front doors and directly into traffic. And I had the urge to go follow him. Yeah. He seemed like he was on a mission. And I felt like <laughs> I, I better follow this guy. So I only got a few shots. Yeah. I estimated at my exposure, happened to get a couple pictures that worked, one especially. Yeah. And uh, and that that became emblematic of of that scene. Yeah. So it also became the cover of my 2015 Radius book. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is called 20 Years. Yeah. So that became emblematic of, of really that whole period of, of photographic life. Cool for me. Very good. Yeah. Another image that comes to mind is is one of my most popular, which is Bo. And it's the back of a waitress. And uh, she has a a white bow of her apron that's tied behind her and she's taking an order so she has a little notebook in her hand oh, and yes, that yes. was a very very casual image i was having brunch with my friend in in soho in new york and all of a sudden this waitress comes over and next to us and takes the order of a of a, a table next to us and i just took my camera out of my bag and estimated the exposure, took one snap, put my back, my camera back in my bag and didn't think any more of it yeah. until weeks or months later when I made the contact sheets and thought, that's a pretty image. Yeah. It's a beautiful image, you know? So that's just the story with that. It's just a casual snapshot that turned out to be poetic and uh, sensual. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah. The, I, I really like it. The, the, the menus in particular remind me of, a new, of being in a, the, when I, the first few times I went to New York, I stayed in the same hotel. It was a diff, different name both times. But the, the, the menus, just that, I don't know what it is about it, but they just remind me of going down for brunch every day to to that to that one restaurant which I sure. think was an eighth avenue sure. or something like that so um yeah it's a beautiful it's, it's a, a beautiful shot and um i yeah i really really like it and i, I uh, a personal favorite for mine is is the one on 15 page 15 which i think's the diner and i just i i just yes. think it's, i just think it, that's if the feel of it is just comes straight from um straight from a, a, a film decades ago or some Italian mafia scenario as well. That, that's really what, but I, I, I really, really like just the darkness of it, but then just the, the whiteness of his outfit, I think it just. So that, that, that scene is from, is from New Orleans and right. I was waiting to get into the preservation hall to see some jazz with my wife and across the street, yeah. I see this scene. I see the door is open. It's a very dark diner inside, but there is one waiter, one guy who's taking the order, who's all in white, yeah. and he's he's being lit by what looks like a spotlight. It feels like a spotlight, and I thought this is a this is a good picture. It's an emblematic picture. So I went over there, 
took one picture and immediately when he heard the snap of the shutter, he got really angry and asked me to leave. Did <laughs> but sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you, you go for it. You, yep. you, you are brave enough to take one snap and that's all you get. And it turns out it turned out. Yeah. And it's all you need. It's, the, it's all you all, need. All you need is that, that one shot. So it certainly paid off in that because it's, it's certainly one of my favorite images in the book. Thank um, you. And, and I, I like them all. I've, I've really enjoyed looking through the book and um, I would recommend it to anyone if you're able to find a copy because it's not an easy book to find. Um, it is out of print, yes. Yeah, as are many yeah. of Israeli Press's books as well. So That's obviously right. you've, uh, you've, you've had two books published by an Israeli Press. This was your first one. How was the experience of publishing with them? From my perspective, an Israeli Press, I think they're well regarded for producing beautifully beautiful quality real high quality with excellent print quality um, and i was just wondering what was the experience you mentioned it briefly but how much involvement did you have in the in the production aspects of it or did they did you hand the images over and they came back with a completed sequence or did you go with a a sequence already formed in your head and then there was they, they provided some input at that stage well, the way Chris likes to work is he really likes the artist to take the lead. Right. So this was a while ago, but from what I remember, I probably had the sequence of these images in my head already yep. and laid it out. And then it was a matter of choosing maybe a couple of the images to be as the, the frontis, right? The title yep. page. Yes. Choosing which ones would go there, keeping the sequence primarily as it as it was, and ending it in the same way, and just deciding which images should be, you know, opposite each other on yes. different sides of the page, or have one image solo with a white page next yep. to it. Yeah. Um, and Nazrali books are are very straightforward and simple. They're not complex. Yeah. So it was a matter of really having the images say the story within themselves, as opposed to something like the layout or the typography. Yeah. You know, there isn't a lot of variation in yeah. Israeli books. That's partly what makes them so special yeah. is it's really centered and focused on the imagery itself. Yeah. yeah. So I would say the imagery really carried the day and yeah. Chris helped pull some images out that would go, facing other images and and go in the beginning yeah and that was it it was very straightforward yeah and the second book that i did with him called possession was very much the same way i had it pretty much laid out i had the title already in my head he probably threw out some images that weren't as strong as others yes uh, and then the inside the end papers the inside of the book is actually uh a replica of old turn of the century hotel wallpaper. Right. So that was the idea that I had in my mind that a lot of these images in the book were done in hotel rooms. Yep. And I thought, well, let's put some classic hotel wallpaper as the inside end papers. And that worked very well. Yeah. A nice, a nice, yeah. just a nice detail that, uh, that links in well with it to the body of work right. as well. Yeah. I also had the idea, which we didn't do, which was to send the box, the, the books in pizza boxes. Right. <laughs> right. So it would be like very much like you're in a hotel room and you've gotten pizza to eat. 
Yes, that's you know, it. Um, and you're you're with your friend or a mate, and you're you're casually photographing. But we decided against the pizza box. <laughs> a 50-50 decision, I suppose. Yeah. Certainly, I suspect I suspect the 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 wallpaper worked better as end papers than the pizza box would have done as a delivery right. process. But um, yes. It would have made for a very talked about uh, case if someone's got a pizza box on their bookshelf, though, with this beautiful book, in, <laughs> beautiful book yes. inside. But maybe that's an idea for another book. Well, that's it. There's there's always plenty of ideas and different things yes. to be doing. So, as you're as you're aware, the podcast is all about books, um, and uh, it's it's what I find and I really enjoy is to hear what books, photo books by other photographers inspire the people who who I get the pleasure of speaking to. So. Um, I'd be delighted to have a selection of books, um, particularly from, uh, you're obviously based over in the West Coast, so it'll, it may be of America, I'll maybe bring a different exposure because you'll be exposed very much to different photographers than we are over in the UK on a regular basis. So yeah, I'm really interested to hear uh, some books that uh, inspire and, and that you just enjoy sitting down and looking through as well. Well, the first book, I think the first photography book that I bought when I graduated university and started working for Michael Kenna was this book by Matt Mahurin called Matt Mahurin Photographs. Okay. By 12 Trees Press, 1989. And that was the year that I graduated from university. And it is single, single images, mostly done, I think, with a toy camera. Beautiful. Or a low quality camera, all black and white. Yeah. And Matt Mahurin eventually incorporated a lot of illustration and painting into his work. But these are all straight black and white photographs. Yeah. Some are done in prisons. Some are yep. done in parks. Uh, and there are a whole variety of images that you can see I was very inspired by and still yep. am inspired by. Yeah. So I would I would highly recommend this book. Also very hard to find. Matt Mahurin, M A H U R I N, photographs. Excellent. Um, that that looks really really nice, and I can see where where there's there's potentially some inspiration from that in within your own work as well. Very much so. Uh, next, I would say any one of Michael Kenna's books. But the, but the book that, that he had published just as I started working for him was this catalog from Min Gallery, right. which is uh, his Japanese uh, publisher and gallery. Yeah. And it's, it's a survey of his work, 1976 to 1986. And again, it's just a, a really great... Uh, flavor snapshot of all of the different types of work that he's done through that 10 year period. Yeah. Many of his classics are in here and to just see being a consistent artist who's consistently putting out work, always photographing and printing and making work and having exhibitions was very inspirational. I can imagine. So to, to see this book come out as with many of his books, I think he has over 70 books now or something I know. like that. Yeah. <laughs> is more of a, a feeling of like this is what this is the life of a working artist. Yes. And when you when you photograph and create as much as he does, then uh, you you get to have catalogs like this of all great work 
yeah consistently yeah so that that was very inspiring for me too and yes. that is one of two min gallery books this is the gray one but i also have the white one that came out afterwards very nice that looks beautiful i've have a number of michael's books myself but uh, yeah he's got a lot of books yes <laughs> the third one is also a michael kenna book today happens to be international uh, Holocaust Remembrance Day. Yep. So he produced a book called Impossible to Forget the Nazi Camps 50 Years After. Yes. Which I did all the printing for. Did you? So I was very much steeped in all of this work as I did all of the prints for publication. And I think some of the prints for exhibition as well. So this is a stunning uh, It's beautiful. Book. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful book. All of the the proceeds that came in from this went to uh, to nonprofit organizations. Yeah. So um, it was really a labor of love. Yeah, I, and, I, have a, I have a copy of that myself, and it's it's yes. just absolutely breathtaking to to look through, and so moving as well. All of the all of the images and, and the work. Yes. So I'm very proud to have worked on this book. I can and imagine. Make yeah. It happen. Yeah. The. Next and last book is actually a new book by photographer Raymond Meeks, and it's called Cypri Cyprian Honey Cathedral by right. Mac Books in London. Yep. Mm. And this is this is a really inspirational book. Um, it is they're mostly domestic scenes uh, when he moved into a house with his wife, and they are pictures of his wife in the sun, in shade, sleeping, dirty dishes, blank walls, uh, sunlight against the siding of his house. Yeah. Uh, pictures that look like they came off of the wall and there's residue on the wall. So it's pictures of them moving into this home. Yep. And they're, they're just gorgeous, gorgeous yeah, really images nice. that are very intimate. So I would highly recommend this book that came out in 2020. Yeah, probably. by Mac Books. Yeah, yeah. This so that's like, what I have for you. They're they're really yeah again very very interesting selections and ones which you can see a connection with through your own work. But I can I can fully understand why um, it must have been a privilege to work on uh, Michael's book. Um, Yes, covering such a, an emotional subject as well, and as yes. you say, the work is work really is beautiful in it. And uh, a credit to credit to you and credit to Michael for the quality that was produced. It really is, um, really is lovely. Uh, and yes, yeah, it's, it's wonderful just to hear uh, a selection of the books that in, that inspire you, because uh, I think it's always very interesting for people who listen they can then go and begin to explore some of these names and it takes them from one photographer to another and you come across styles and genres of photography that otherwise you might not shoot yourself or they might not be an interest to you. But, but by looking through what other people enjoy, you begin to take on other influences yourself as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and photo books, especially, you, you get to enjoy again and again and again and hand them down to your children and other people. And they're always going to tell different stories to you. As you Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, they really are. They, they capture a lovely moment in time. And I, I, I really enjoy just 
sitting down every so often with a couple of books and and yeah. en- and enjoying enjoying the work and it That's might have right. been a book that you've not looked at for a few years but you'll always get inspiration and enjoyment from it yes so what are your plans next with your work have you got another book in you or are you are you working on other projects at the moment so i just started uh putting together a book on berlin very nice. From uh, 19, uh, when was it? Two, from 2009 to 2013, I took five trips to Berlin yep. and, and photographed my experience there uh, with friends that I was staying with and, uh, and historical places and finding places where, where Nazi Germany still had relics around the city. And I was yep. inspired to go photograph there because I grew up in Israel as a child. And every year we, on this day, which is Holocaust Remembrance Day, we're, gone, we're taken to the Holocaust Memorial on our kibbutz yep. in Israel and told about the horrors of the Holocaust. And later when I was a teenager, I had a dream that I was actually put into a concentration camp oven alive. Jeez. And someone mentioned to me, you should work on that photographing that dream and someone else said, you should go to Berlin. Yep. So I went to Berlin. I do have German roots. I'm Jewish. Okay. Yep. And I photographed Berlin inside and out for, for five years. And I'm collecting all of that work with Fantastic. writing about the experience and snapshots of the place. Yep. And I'm putting a book on that work together. That's my next project. Sounds, uh, sounds fascinating. It, yep. it really does sound very interesting i look forward to hearing more about it and and seeing the book as well when it uh, when you eventually get it finished but uh, it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you jason thank you very much for your time it's been fascinating to discuss uh, your book uh, secret city and it really has given me a different insight and background to to the work behind it and the story that comes across so uh, thank you very much for your time thank you a real pleasure. That was really fun. Thank you for inviting me. Glad you enjoyed it. And absolutely my pleasure. And I look forward to having you back on once uh, when your new book uh, when your new book comes out or when I manage to find some more of your other books that I've uh, not managed to <laughs> acquire. Absolutely be a pleasure. But uh, thanks Thank very much, you. Jason. Cheers.